Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Uh, it is always a treat to be able to join with uh, Brian Kilmeade each and every Thursday, uh, one of the biggest stars on television, radio, and in print, kind enough to make some time for us each and every Thursday morning. He's a co-anchor of Fox & Friends and a nationally syndicated radio talk show host, in addition to being a New York Times bestselling author. Brian, it's great to talk with you again. But the best news is I'm on WABC from <laughs> 10 to noon. Exactly. I mean, that's the headline. Exactly. You know, it's funny. I was in Atlantic City for uh, Harry Hurley's dinner last uh, last Friday. You were all anybody's talking about because apparently you've agreed to be the uh, the honoree at that dinner again next year. Yes, uh, we're a year ahead of time. Harry Hurley's the best, uh, and I'm sure I've never seen a radio host dominate a market like he dominates Atlantic City. Am well, I correct? I I, uh, I think we have some good folks in New York as well. But uh, but yes, you're right. Harry is Harry's a legend. So I'm looking forward to seeing seeing you there uh, next year. Uh, speaking of New York radio personalities, I saw you briefly at uh, Bernard McGurk's wake out on uh, Long Island the other day, and uh, obviously uh, we weren't able to talk about it last uh, last week because he had just passed yeah. away a few hours before. I'm wondering if you could say a word or two about what Bernie was like as a person, as a comment or as a media professional? I mean, uh, great. Uh, by the way, I met Mike Breen for the first time. I did, I did not know how far they went back. I just know they were on the air together with Imus. And I did not know that they were both in just the front office, WFAN. Just one, one was an intern, one was marketing, and one ends up being this great radio host. And the other one ends up being the number one NBA voice uh, right now in the country. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just think he was self-effacing, extremely smart. Um, I, I think that he also understood uh, humor better than anybody else in the business of it. Uh, the aggression he took towards Imus in a comedic way, knowing that Imus did rule that show with an iron fist and brought reality in front of the microphone, but yet understood what made the show work. And then when he became his own frontline player with Sid, I thought he was great. I mean, we saw him. With O'Reilly every week. And it's not easy to be funny with O'Reilly every week. And he was with Gutfeld. And then you saw him at an outnumbered. You saw him in the halls. I remember when he was free, sometimes he would leave Imus just watch Fox and Friends. I'd see him sometimes just with the with the audience, just kind of watch him when we were doing stuff outside. And just a really nice, sincere guy. And unbelievably bright. Oh, that's for sure. And uh, you said it. It's not easy to be. It's not always easy to show off either your intellect or your sense of humor with some of the folks that uh, that he worked with on TV and radio over the years. Uh, Imus and uh, O'Reilly among them, as uh, as Chris Cuomo found out trying to be funny with O'Reilly last night. It didn't work out as well for him. What happened? Uh, it just it was kind of a lot of jokes falling flat, as you can imagine. You it mean was on not, his new show? Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I'll, 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 you didn't miss anything if you didn't if you didn't see it. You didn't miss anything. Uh, we're gonna play some highlights uh, maybe tomorrow. Hey, um, another show that got a lot of buzz this week, though, uh, on another network. Sorry to mention it is uh, Jake Tapper, who interviewed President Biden. And the big takeaway in that interview was President Biden's threatening of Saudi Arabia. Here's so a little dumb. bit of uh, what President Biden said. We should. And I am uh, in the process when the, when the uh, uh, this House and Senate gets back, they're going to have to. Uh, there's going to be some consequences for what they've done with Russia. 
What kind of consequences? Menendez says suspend all arms sales. Is that something you'd consider? I'm not going to get into what I'd consider and what I have in mind, but there will be there will be consequences. OPEC, uh, which Saudi Arabia is obviously a big part of, they say they're going to cut energy production. This is the last thing that President Biden needs right now when he'd love to see gas prices go lower. Uh, How do you see this whole uh, strategy playing out from both an economic perspective and a political one? Well, number one, uh, can anyone in this administration think about around the corner, think two moves ahead? When you're running sometimes to get elected, I remember seeing this documentary on JFK, and he said one of the first things he did after he got elected is he flew to Florida to basically apologize for Eisenhower because he had to talk about we have to turn the page. It's time to turn the page with new leaders. I'm the 42-year-old guy that's got to do it. And he was putting down Eisenhower in doing so. He won. Right. So the first thing he did, he said, listen, that's what I had to do to win. So that and evidently apologies were made and accepted. So when you're running for office, sometimes you say stuff like I'm going to to differ myself from my opponent by I'm going to make them a pariah in the Middle East. But the guy who was former chairman in foreign relations knows Mm. it's a bad neighborhood in the neighborhood. You have two choices, Saudi Arabia or Iran. You can't have both. And you can't alienate both and be in the best interest of the United States of America. So obviously Iran's a bad player. They've killed 183 of their own people who just want to protest for human rights. They just murdered a 21-year-old who didn't have her hijab or hijab on right. Uh, This is a terrible country that will upend the Middle East if they're able to get this uh, nuclear deal back in place. So if you alienate Saudi Arabia, that means you're affiliating America with Iran. Nobody in America thinks we should be affiliated with Iran. Maybe some some terrorists that snuck on the southern border that are nesting, waiting to attack one day. So he goes ahead, calls him a pariah nation, says he's going to get rid of oil and gas, and then decides I've got to go over there, i got to get production up, or I'm going to get killed in the midterms, I'll do it in the summer. He goes over there, fist bumps with the guy. The guy, to me, I think the story's going to be written that that prince met him on the curb and nobody knew it. And Biden had no choice but to acknowledge him, so therefore looking like a total hypocrite. And there's no doubt about it, the Saudis are saying, in your face. It's not so much pro-Russia as it's anti-democratic party who want to undo the Abraham Accords, not see the progress that was about to be made, take credit for what just happened to Lebanon and Israel. He took credit for overfights allowed to Saudi Arabia. That was done with Jared Kushner and Donald Trump. So when you do this, while cutting back production, you've lost all your leverage. If Donald Trump taught everybody anything, including his enemies, it's the power of leverage. So if we are, don't need Saudi Arabia, Because our fracking is so uh, ferocious and so effective and our drilling is just reaching its peak, Saudi Arabia has to listen to us because we affect the oil markets. None other than J.D. Diamond came out, uh, Jamie Diamond came out and said, uh, we are, we are the the player, the swing vote in with this oil and gas because we are the producers. He said that we made a huge mistake in March, not increasing production. So this guy goes over there with no leverage, calling this country a pariah, and wonders why a month before the election they decide to cut production, forcing gas prices up. They're, they are thinking around the bend. They are thinking calculated. I am not a Saudi Arabia fan, but I will take Saudi Arabia 11 days a week over Iran. 
And that's what I can't believe that this guy is talking about uh, sanctioning Saudi Arabia for what? Then they'll go get Chinese missile defense. They'll be tighter with China because that's leverage they use against us. That's the law of the jungle in the Middle East. Uh, You know, you mentioned bad players in the Middle East, and there are plenty. Uh, That description would also uh, pretty aptly apply to just about everybody on the New York Mets in the series against the Padres. Uh, Really heartbreaking for those of us that had high hopes for the Mets to make the World Series. Uh, I I was kind of really disappointed and said so. A bunch of people reached out to me, including guests I had on a day or two ago, and said, look, Mets had one of their best best season finishes in history. They won over 100 games. You should be looking at this as the start of a new era, not lamenting this as another Mets disappointment. How do you see it? Wow, you are optimistic. I do think they're a, they have the right owner. I do think they have the right manager. I do think they have the right general manager. I do think they have a lot to be uh, proud of. But when it mattered most, I've never te- seen a team mm. so completely come up short. You go into Atlanta up one game controlling the division the entire year and lose all three, and then you open up a series with your with Scherzer and DeGrom, and you lose one, and then in Game 3, you're never in it? You get one hit at home? Are you kidding me? Inexcusable. Remember the Yankees? I still remember growing up watching those Yankees from Paul Blair and Willie Randolph and Roy White and Munson trying to grind out wins. And you say to yourself, they're being dominated. How do they do it? Well, it's a bunt here, hit by pitch there, a stolen base there, forcing another team to make an error. So when the other pitcher is looks impenetrable, you find a way. The Billy Martin teams found a way. Davey uh, Johnson teams found a way. These guys were like, well, I guess it's not my day. I guess it's not my day. You're blowing a three-game series at home to a lower seed who's playing like with house money. And you went down not 8-7 with a dramatic three-run homer like the Astros produced the other night. You're going down eight uh, for nine innings, totally inept, looking dispirited. How dare you look dispirited? We're, you were sitting there on the precipice of making the next round of the playoffs. You got 48,000 people chanting for you, wait, waiting on every pitch, more supportive than any New York crowd I remember. And they cut, he goes, well, we didn't have our day. We came up short. That's not okay. And, 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 you know, I just don't like the way they went down and the way they – I wouldn't say choked because I'm not in the locker room every day. But whatever happened, they were not ready to play. They didn't get outscored. They got outplayed, and they look listless. How about Yankees and uh, Cleveland? How do you see that series? Love the way out? they started. Uh, I, I think they got a problem. It's short. Um, I, I cannot, you know, I love uh, that, that uh, Garrett Cole was able to get that monkey off his back from last year. I like the guy. Um, I, I, I think it's a great idea to have Severino uh, third. I think Nestor's going to do great tonight. I would love to see him sweep. But, man, the Astros look so good Mm. again. Mm. Again, they seem to have that quality. So go ahead. Sweep out the Indians slash Guardians. Guardians, right. Soup, oops. And and just knock them off and send a message. But you know what? Judge should be uh, playing with house money now. And Judge should be so relaxed. He did, you know, he was not getting, did not have any good at-bats. He had to walk. But I want that guy to start sending the, the six foot seven, sixty two home run message. 
Oh, no doubt about it. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how the rest of that series plays out. Uh, but you're right. I think Houston's going to be uh, tough to beat. And I think L.A. on the National League front is going to be tough to beat. All right. Uh, let me ask you about another guy that has uh, engendered a lot of controversy this week, uh, especially on the $1,000 Minute. And that is the uh, artist formerly known as Kanye West. He uh, spoke with your colleague at Fox News, Tucker Carlson, about being threatened as a Trump supporter at some Every point. Every single person in Hollywood from my ex-wife to my mother-in-law to my manager at that time to, you know, my, my so-called friends slash handlers around me told me, like, if I said that I like Trump, that my career would be over, that my life would be over. And now uh, he made some remarks that a lot of folks said were anti-Semitic on social media. His accounts have been suspended. The the listenership when we took calls on this the other day was pretty divided. A lot of people said there's no question about it. This was hate speech. It was right that his accounts were suspended. Other folks said no. Um, they should let everybody say whatever they want on social media. Where do you come down on the Kanye West situation? Uh, about social media rules and regulations. I'll yeah. back off that for now. I, I would say I'm just... Uh... I, I have no patience for this, these, these myths of uh, the Jews control the world and they should be blamed. I'm done with that. I mean, I've never accepted it. I have no patience for it. It's idiocy. It's lazy. He spent two days showing with Tucker that he thinks deeply about other things and huge problems with his marriage, his, the, the role of religion in his life. And then he says the Jews are controlling P. Diddy. Uh, I mean, come on. You undid almost everything you, you said. And I've, uh, I, you know, I don't know what he's thinking. I know he is smarter and creative than most anyone will probably ever talk to. But I would love to see him have one thought per sentence. That would make it a little easier. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he says he's not schizophrenic. I can't or, or bipolar. I can't diagnose him. He says that was misdiagnosed. I think he was absolutely tortured by the Kardashian family. No doubt about it. Uh, but. Uh, this I was willing to put up with, okay, geniuses think different than me, but the Jewish comments I have no patience for. Uh, is the proper pronunciation of his new name Ye or Yay? It's Yay. Yay. Okay, thank you. See, I knew right. we had to go to the— Until he changes it. It's the distinguished broadcast professional. You had a great interview uh, this week with another person who's made a lot of news, Tulsi Gabbard, a, law, a congresswoman from Hawaii, former vice chair of the DNC, former Democratic presidential candidate. She says she's done. She says the Democratic Party is controlled by uh, a woke elitist cabal of warmongers. Uh, no secret that you and she probably differ on a lot of foreign policy issues, but do you see this as a— uh, harbinger of things to come, other sort of moderate Democrats leaving the party. And what do you think uh, Tulsi Gabbard's future holds? Okay, uh, I should have played this soundbite, but there was a soundbite from Paul Begala saying that uh, these uh, left-wing white liberals are ruining the Democratic Party. And I assume she's, he's referring to the squad-like figures, but he also should figure these green activists are destroying the party and those uh, those left-wing immigration groups that want to open up our borders and seem to have gotten to Biden, they're ruining the party. I just don't know who lines up behind Tulsi Gabbard because the only other Democrats that buck the party are Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin, and that's not all the time. Those are two people that might do that, but who else? I mean, is Mark Kelly a moderate? I don't think so. Is, you know, Harold Ford? Yes, but Harold Ford's a commentator. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd vote for Harold Ford for president. But because he's, he cares about the country first. And, you know, there's certain other things we disagree on. For example, 
I think that Tulsi Gabbard puts on the uniform and fights, so therefore she has an edge on me. I get it. I totally disagree with her. She says we have no right to help Ukraine. I totally disagree with her on that. But I don't hate her. I don't think she is dumb. I don't think that she needs to be quiet, you know, quiet down. I want her on my show because that makes the show better. But on the other things, when she talks about how patriotic she is, the need for some order in society, the need to back police, I'm with her like 80% of the time. I don't know what her lane is. She certainly would have a TV career or a radio career. I mean, her presentation's phenomenal. The problem is she is so moderate, she might even be conservative. And then if you're conservative, uh, I think a lot of our allure is a Democrat who thinks sensibly. So now she got out of the Democratic lane yeah. and is, Elaine is an independent. I don't know who follows her. I know it's always interesting to talk to her. And I would love for the rest of the party to, and the Republicans should fear a Democratic Party that agrees with Tulsi Gabbard. They'd have tr- a lot more trouble than they will uh, on November 8th. But I don't know who's behind her. Do you, Frank? Uh, well, I don't. I love a lot of what she says, and I love that she is sort of an independent, and uh, I'm very eager to see what uh, what happens next with her. But uh, you got to put in a word with her uh, for us as well, because we've been trying to get her on uh, on this show, and even though she has a time zone that would be conducive to coming on, uh, our calls have been unreturned. So you got to put in a word for her next time, uh, next time you Frank, guys speak. Frank, I'll do it. Thank you, Brian. I will text her. Uh, Brian Kilmeade, check him out on Fox & Friends. Check him out uh, on his nationally syndicated radio show, and if you're listening on WABC. Listen from 10 a.m. to noon. Brian, it is always a treat. Thank you, my friend. And just one more thing. December 2nd, I'm going to have some Fox surprises. And Frank, it'll be Friday night, so we'll see if we can get some Vibrant in you. Oh, I'm there. I'm there. Wild horses couldn't stop me from going. New Jersey. Uh, Newark, New Jersey. BrianKillMe.com. BrianKillMe.com. Uh, Brian puts on a great show. I've uh, I've seen it, and it's uh, absolutely terrific in person. Even more exciting than on the radio and TV. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> Go get him, Frank. All right. 800-848-9222. 15 seconds of fame. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight.